You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome back to another episode of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media and Metal Blade Records podcast. I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Matt Bacon, Um, and our guest today is a legend, uh, just a a legend, who I think I first saw perform in 1988 or 89, um, and is still out here crushing. Uh, We've got Phil Ryan from Sacred Reich. What's up, my man? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me, Chris. You know, we've had about 50 of these, so and, and we've had some great guests, including... Derek Green, who who I know you're touring with Sepultura next month, um, but just just some great guests, and uh, and you rank among the you know the Hall of Fame of our guests. So, um, well, really happy to have you here. That's very kind of you. No, it's true, it's true, and it's it's just wild. And I think Matt has some questions along these lines, but allow me to steal your thunder for a minute, Matt. Um, <clears throat> it's amazing to me how, like, could you in 1987 or Surf Nicaragua times like uh, the American Way times? At, ever conceived that you'd still be doing this today and at such a high level not in a million years i mean look i was telling my wife today i go when when i joined the band my goal was to play in a bar and then the next goal was like man it'd be cool if we could do a demo and then it was like man it'd be cool if we could get a record deal right and then you know and then we you know it's just one foot in front of the other right you just just keep going and who would have thought that we could still be playing music we're so fortunate. I, we thank, we pinch ourselves every day that somehow we made some sort of impression at the time enough to where we can still do this thing today. Yep. And we're very fortunate. We're lucky that metal fans are the greatest fans in the world. Loyal. And, and, you know, it's, it's, not, it's just, it's not just you guys. I mean, it's, you know, creator destruction, Exodus, all putting out some of the best material they've ever put out ever in 2022 it's just it's just wild to me um you know how how the threat like sort of that thrash metal scene from the 80s just continues to get better and better and better and better and better it's crazy yeah it's amazing so um yeah matt why don't you take it over i know you wanted to start with how uh how things have been for the last few years and whatnot yeah and so that's kind of where we start a lot of these podcasts is like how was your pandemic (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, considering it took us 23 years to make a new record. Yeah, and I was going to say. We finally finished the record in 2019, and we did the tour with Guar, and we did a great headlining tour in Europe, and we were getting ready to go. And then, obviously, you know, 2020 came around and everything stopped. But, you know, obviously, it's not just us. It's everybody and not just the music industry. It's every industry. And everybody got, you know, everybody had to hit the pause button. The silver lining is this, that I think it's the universe's world way of telling everybody they need to slow down and stop and take stock of what they have. Um, and me personally, I had some really... Uh, really big challenges uh, over the last couple of years, personally, in my personal life. So I was fortunate that I was here to be able to deal with them. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, like I said, everybody has whatever's been going on and we were writing new songs and I was hoping that maybe we would even get to record a new record in the downtime, but it didn't work out that way. And that's just, that's just life. It's not what happens. It's how we deal with it. So we just try to have a good attitude and just really looking forward to this tour, man. You know, it's supposed to be March 2019, and here we are. We're starting next week, so it's going to be great. And it's, it's you, Sepultura, and who else is on the bill? Uh, Sepultura, Crowbar, oh, and yep. a band from Los Angeles called Art of Shock. So, yeah, I mean, we toured with Sepultura in 1991, but we've known them since 89. Right. Gloria was managing them and was managing us, so we've been pretty close with them for quite a long time. We took Crowbar out on their first real tour in 1996 on the Rock for Pot tour. So we've known them for a long time. So it should be a lot of fun. And how long is the run? Uh, about five weeks. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I will definitely be coming to see you 100%. It should be um, a lot of fun. And so you, you have new music, though? I mean, is, is there a new album at some point, you think, in the future? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have... We probably have about six, six to eight songs that we've been working on. Uh, everything kind of came to a halt for a little while, but we'll just keep going. Um, I guess there's no big, I mean, it took us 23 years to make this record. I guess there's no huge hurry. We just want to get it right, I think, um, and get the songs that we're proud of and put out a cool record, and it'll happen. So for those listening that might not know why, why did it take 23 years between records? Well, we really stopped playing from about 1997 to about 2007. Life changed and took a left turn. And we kind of, you know, split up the band and went and did our thing. And, and then it was like, yeah, it might be fun to play some shows. You know, you think anyone would care. And then I got, you know, a list. I talked to some of the folks at Metal Blade. I got a list of people in Europe. I didn't really know what was going on. And one of them was from Wacken. They're like, yeah, you can come play our festival. And we can make, we have an agency and we can book a little tour for you. So that's what we did. And we were like, this is incredible. It was wonderful. The scene was incredible. The, the fans were, I mean, to, I mean, to walk into whack and really not really knowing what to expect. And it was just, you know, 50,000 people was incredible. And the scene was still strong and it was wonderful and it felt good. So we're like, let's just keep doing this. It was just for fun, you know? So we just kept doing it. We go to Europe in the summer and play some fun shows and then, one thing led to another and then it was a U.S. tour and then some, you know, I always needed to have songs come to me to be inspired. I know some people after watching that Beatles documentary, they don't fuck around. They just sit down and get to business, but mm -hmm. they're the fucking Beatles, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're not. So 
when, when the inspiration came back and the song, it was like a radio coming on and the songs came back, said maybe we should talk to Metal Blade about doing a record. And at that time, it was still the four original members. It was, you know, uh, Jason and Greg and Wiley and I. And I said, we have this incredible opportunity. It's very rare that it's the four original people. So we did a deal and then things just kind of changed. Um, you know, some things happened and, you know, we split with Greg and then Jason really was, was not having a great time physically um, and health wise. And we had to get Joey in the band, but we got Dave back, you know, who filled in for Greg, you know, on two records and was always a killer drummer. And we were so happy to welcome him back. I, I never thought he would actually leave machine head and come back to our band. I thought it might just be like a temporary thing, but apparently he just wanted to come back. So we're super stoked and getting Joey 23 year old guitar player. Who's just like this wonderkind and it brought a great energy back to the band. And when we started touring again, it felt really good. So here we are. Do you find it more challenging to play the material now, you know, some years later, like some of the, some of the stuff you wrote early in your career? Not really. So Sometimes I have some trouble with, I, I went through a period where I had trouble with my hands I don't know, like I, we would call it the claw. My left hand would ball up like a claw and it wouldn't want to play. And I was like, that's not, that's not good. But somehow it seems to work itself out and everything seems pretty cool, man. Great. Awesome. Matt, let me give the floor to you for a bit. Sure. Um, so you talked about having Joey in the band. What was that? Um, what's that experience like, given that like he wasn't alive when you were putting out the last couple things? <laughs> you know, all things being equal, it's very seamless. Uh, so I know Joey's dad, Tim, uh, we worked together and he was like, you know, we have a little studio. Tim's a drummer and Dave was out of town. You know, Dave was out on the road with um, Machine Head and, Tim, you know, I wanted to work on songs. And Tim said, you know, we have a little studio. I can help out. Joey can help out playing guitar. And I said, great. So we would go down and you know, work on demos for the songs and Joey would play guitar on them just because, you know, we were all down there and he was engineering. So we're, I got to work with him for about a year, had a lot of confidence in him. And, you know, that's why we, we wanted everything to work out with Jason and we gave it every opportunity. I mean, to the first day in the studio until uh, it was pretty clear it wasn't going to, unfortunately going to work out. And I remember Arthur showing up, Arthur had some gig in Spain, so he showed up a few days after we had gotten underway and he said, Hey, how's everything going? I said, you know, Jay, we had to, we had to split with Jason. He said, ah, oh, that's funny. No, really. And I said, no, really. He, he looked at me like he was going to throw up. He's like, <laughs> what are we going to do? I'm like, don't worry. We got Joey. I know he can handle it. He already knows all the songs. We're, we're very fortunate. And Joey is used to hanging out with his dad and his dad's friends and jam with those guys. So he's used to old fogies like us. And he's just a great kid. He, loves that scene he loves that time of music he i mean he just destroys things and he's the sweetest nicest kid we couldn't we couldn't be more fortunate nice very nice that's awesome and i feel like he i feel like he brings a lot of energy to the stage like it's just yeah, he's like i was telling you watching you in 2019 he's just fun to watch yeah man i mean he's 23 i Remember when I was 23, I was 23, I was trying to snap my neck off my head. I mean, that was my goal. I was trying to see <laughs> how hard I could head me. And I look at those pictures. I'm like, man, 
you know, the first couple of days of tour would always be the worst. We'd go on tour, headbang like maniacs. And then like the next morning, we'd wake up and no one can turn their heads. And then everyone's like, I'm not headbanging tonight. And then you get on stage and you can't help yourself and you do it. So after about two or three days, it loosens up. But man, everybody, someone would go, look, and everyone would just turn their whole body. No one would ever turn their neck. <laughs> so to, to see him like that reminds us how we used to be. And it gives us somebody to try to keep up with, although we might really hurt ourselves if we tried too hard. But it's, more, it's great having him in the band. It's such a great energy. <clears throat> no, yeah, it's, it's cool to see you kind of passing the torch, as it were. Sure. He's 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 holding the torch with us, you know. We're like, come yeah. on, Joey. He, yeah. He's just he's it's. You were like, what do you think, Joey? Goes, I love you guys. That's it, man. That's his response. He's just like, I love you guys. He's so excited. It's really it. Uh, we're lucky, man. I just I don't. I'll say twenty three million times. We're just really, really, really lucky. That's and then awesome. is he is he part of the songwriting process on the newer newer songs? He has been contributing riffs to the new stuff. He, you know, he comes, he's like writing his own record. He has, he just sits and plays guitar all day long. He's a riff beast, riff master. He's working on his own record right now. Um, and he'll play me stuff. And I think, oh, it sounds like Sacred Reich. Doesn't sound like Sacred Reich fits in with kind of what we're doing. Doesn't fit in, kind of, you know. But he, he has a lot of really cool stuff. And there's at least two songs that he's contributed to of the newer stuff. At least two. We need, awesome. a, we need a, you know, the, 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 the American festival um, circuit, which was so lacking for so many years, has come a long way with Danny Wimmer um, doing what he does. But there's still a lot of mixed genres. And, you know, I'm, we, we need somebody to come. Th- Maybe me and Brian should raise some money and just do an all thrash metal t- festival, like a weekend of all the legends of thrash metal. Yeah. Or even just start with one day is the best way to do it. But there need, you know, that's what I appreciate about um, uh, full terror assault. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a homegrown metal festival from the ground up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I appreciate that because, look, all these European festivals didn't start out as massive festivals. They just started out as small things and then grew and grew and grew. And those other festivals, while I think ser- definitely serve a purpose, and but it's very American feeling and it's very big and kind of corporate feeling. And that's fine too. Uh, it serves its purpose and it has its place. But there's a lot of bands that are never going to be let in that door just because of just kind of how the way things are. So it would be nice to have a more organic uh, ground up festival for, for metal of all kinds, really. It feels like, for, but for thrash specifically, or that were or bands from the eighties feels to me like there's this groundswell that's getting bigger and bigger. Like nuclear assault is um, playing decibel, the decibel festival, and they're going to be doing a game over record from start to finish. Like that's crazy to me that that's, you know, now all of a sudden that's still relevant all these years later um i just think it's incredible what all these what you know what all the bands of of that time are still doing and crushing it with the new material too i said it earlier but i'll say it again i just find it very inspirational yeah Um, it's pretty amazing that that the music coming out today is still so good because it's it's rare you see a lot of the other legacy bands and they're just putting out records and touring and 
you know, it's it's almost like an excuse to tour. Right. Um, yeah. But it's okay. Um. So you know, one of the interesting things about Sacred Reich is like you kind of come in like the much more political, like sort of second wave of thrash, right? Um, what do you feel is like the political message of Sacred Reich in 2022? Hmm, that's a tough one because I know how I generally feel about stuff, but <laughs> I think what I've found is if I, I, if I post things on our socials that's too one-sided, all it winds up doing is having everybody fight in the comments. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not really interested in being part of that anymore. That's fair. So I think our message is like, look, <clears throat> you need to find a way to figure it out together. We need to find a way to stop buying into the demonization of the other side. It's difficult, but I know, I know that there's messaging on both sides that all it really does is make the other people look like idiots who don't know what they're doing and want to destroy the country. And when that happens, bad things happen. Bad things are allowed to happen because you've turned, you've turned these people into not people anymore. So I don't really know what the answer is, but I don't want to be a part of making things worse. I want to try to be a part of cooling things down and looking for the things that we have in common rather than the divisions, even though they are great. I think if we really stop and put aside all that bullshit, we find that once again, we have much more in common than we do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's very well said. It's really fucked up. I, I was yeah. talking to my wife in the car and I was like, this is how it's going to go down and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh my God, it's so negative. I'm like, I'm saying, well, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to go down this way and I hope it doesn't go down this way, but it's certainly something that could happen. Um, I'm always just trying to be positive and, and hope that things are going to work out. And often, most often they do. So let's just let's just stay with that. Yeah, you know, I travel a lot. Um, we all travel a lot. I know Matt travels a lot. And, you know, the experiences, the shared experiences that I have with people across the country, you know, whether it's at um, an event that I'm appearing at or whether it's at a concert I'm going to or, um, you know, whatever. Like the shared experiences with strangers is cool. Like we're all cool. You know what I mean? We're only not cool when we start to do a deep dive down down to politics, right? And it's just, you know, when I was I was at one of the playoff games um, at SoFi Stadium, you know, eighty thousand people. Like nobody nobody gave a fuck about what you think politically. You're just having a good time. And if you were, you know, if you were a Rams fan, you were you were you're the guy next to you with the Rams jerseys. Your best fucking friend. You know what I mean? Like we should we could fo- we should focus more on that. <laughs> that we're more. You know, we're we're more forgiving and alike than we give ourselves credit to be. Absolutely. You know, and it used to be that people what never talked about religion and politics, you know, and I think there's maybe something to that. Maybe 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 they had it right. Maybe we shouldn't talk about religions and politics. Because ultimately, too, I mean, these are pretty um specific beliefs, they're personal beliefs, and no matter what I believe. I'm not going to convince somebody who believes the opposite that they're wrong any right. more than they're going to convince me that I'm wrong. 
So what's, what's even the point? And, you know, even within families, I mean, you find, you, you found out that like, really, <laughs> there's a lot of surprising things you can, you can find out through this whole thing, but you have to say, it's just one part of people. Um, you know, if people disagree with you politically. Okay. As long as it's not hateful and really damaging. Okay. Like, but you know, like you said, traveling, traveling is a great equalizer because you realize too, everyone's politics suck. No matter where you go in the world, <laughs> all the politics suck and all the people are awesome. Um, I wouldn't want to be judged by, you know, how Trump was president or by George Bush was president any more than all the Russian people should be judged by Vladimir Putin or whoever it is. Right. Those the people in those positions don't represent the people of the country any more than you or I do. It's just it's the whole thing is silly. And you know, there's that song by Sting, I hope the Russians love their children too. And I think if we went to Iran, we would find awesome people who just want their children to do good and want a roof over their head and want to be happy. It doesn't matter where you go. People are the same. Politics are just trying to take advantage of people and it's money and it's all kinds of stupid stuff and corruption. We all know this, so let's not get caught up in it. Yeah, well said. So, what happens after your run, this five week tour that you're so when that comes to a close? What happens? We do this, and then there's a festival season in Europe, and then uh, November, December with Simple Tour and Crowbar in Europe. And that's about as far as I got right now. We started talking about next year and what we could do and who we could go out with and what our plans are. And hopefully everything stays cool, man. And nothing, you know, we can just keep, keep going. And hopefully this thing keeps sorting itself out and people less and less people are getting sick and less and less spread because it's a bit of a concern. Like we're going out now and I, I feel fairly comfortable, but I hope we're not contributing to the spread. And, I don't know how comfortable I would be going to packed indoor shows either. So I don't know how people feel about it, but we're going to go out there and we're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys keeping in a bubble or what are you doing? Yeah. There's, there's the thing where I think that we just kind of keep to ourselves and don't interact too much with outside folks and just try to be smart about things. I, I always wear my mask and I always try to do the best that I can. And, you know, uh, we're all, triple vaxxed and masked and you know just trying to do the best that we can i know nothing is perfect sure. and i know people get sick nonetheless but it's less sick and it's less dangerous so nothing is perfect but all we can do is do our best and that's what we're trying to do absolutely with regards to sort of how the scene is going today right <clears throat> so we were talking about how you know chris had mentioned how you know a lot of the bands of your generation are putting out, um, you know, some truly excellent music, some of their best music ever. But what are kind of the newer bands that you think are doing good? Well, newer is relative, right? So yeah, I mean, last fifteen years. Fifteen years? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I remember hearing about Gojira. Joe played on, I think, uh, Cavalier Conspiracy record. And he yeah. was out in Phoenix and they were getting ready to put out from Mars to Sirius. And I thought that was incredible. And I've been a fan of Gojira because I just think they're incredible and heavy and do things the right way and unique. I really like them quite a bit. 
uh, friendly with municipal waste guys, I think are, you know, kind of flying the flag for thrash and super fun. Um, I like, we toured with this band Enforced from Richmond. Yeah. Um, I, I like those guys. I think they're really good. Uh, who else? Sworn Enemy. We toured with them. I thought they were really good. Uh, who else? Oh, you know, we toured with, um, I don't think they're together anymore, but Against the Grain on the Guar Tour. I thought they yeah, were really I, good. Those are my guys. Yeah, I think they were really good. And uh, Toxic Holocaust was good. Like, I don't get out much and go to shows much. So it's the bands that I have access to are usually the ones that are right around. But I think, uh, like I said, I really think Gojira is like incredible. There was another band too. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, obviously uh, Turnstile. I got into Turnstile a few records ago. Um, And it's just incredible to see them exploding the way that they are. And I think they really took a big risk on their record and really, really did. stretched out and it's really paid out, paid off for them, which just goes to show you, you should just do what you think you should do and not worry about the rest. It's, it's like, it's so cool that you mentioned that record because I had a long conversation about it last night with Carl from Killing Time mm-hmm. and to have like a guy who's like been doing it since 1984 be like, yeah, it's like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think that's great. I think it's a great record. And you know, the other band ha- who hadn't put out a record in quite a while and put out a record a few years back was Perfect Circle, Eat the yeah. Elephant, which is like this incredibly sublime record that the first time I listened to, I just, I had headphones on, I'm just sitting there crying. It was just overwhelming to me and just so personal. And when I hear certain songs, it reminds me how much respect they have for their audience because they're not. They're not trying to shorten everything up and cut it down and pandering to the lowest common denominator. They're letting things happen. They're letting it stretch out. They're not concerned and they trust their audience to come along with them. And I really appreciate that. So Gojira is one of my favorite bands and one of my absolutely all time favorite live bands. Um, but if you like them and you have, if there's a band called orbit culture that you should check out, they are, <clears throat> Uh, I don't know. They just, they're similar, but different. Um, you can hear some Gojira influence, I think in their, in their songwriting, but they have their own sound. Um, singer's great. And it's heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, I have not seen them live. I'm dying to see them live. Um, but just a great, great band that you should check out. If you, if you like, Gojira. you know, who Matt, else is, you know, who else was code orange? Which oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man, like I, I appreciate them a great deal and they work incredibly hard and they do things themselves. They do things the right way. They're super nice. The shit is just too much for me, man. Like, I think I'm just too old. Like even <laughs> Gojira, I went and saw Gojira and I had to leave after a while. I felt like I was being assaulted by the lights <laughs> and the music and being pummeled. And I'm like, I really appreciate it. I think it's incredible. I just, I can't take too much of it anymore. I think I'm an old fart. <laughs> uh that's funny. And I'm okay with that man I'm totally okay with that that's funny I will say this new trend of strobe lights being flashed straight into the audience fucking horrible I don't yeah. like super flashy lights I'm like create yeah. a scene if I could get somebody who came from like the, the- with a theater background I have a friend Christian he-, he was he was our light guy 
say in 1989, like he was 18 and we brought him from Germany, like over here. And he's, you know, he's come up through the ranks and he was doing lights for Slipknot. And I was like, that's perfect because he's like, he loves the flashy lights. He goes, I make a wall with these lights. He's German. He's like, I make a wall. I'm like, Slipknot's perfect for you. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the perfect band for that kind of thing. I just, I can't take it. Like, I, I want to go into, I'm going to go into like shock. Right. <laughs> well, my thing is like, I said this about this band I saw the other day was like, I don't want it to hurt when I w- try to watch the band. <laughs> you know, if you're going to flash strobe lights in my face, it's going to hurt. Oh man, Pantera used to do that. We toured with them. I think it was 93 Vulgar. I saw you had Vulgar album on your record, on your wall. And it's like mm-hmm. the 30th anniversary, right? So I remember they used to do by demons be driven and they would it would be and like all the flashing lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill me. But I loved it nonetheless. What's a good give give us a like give us a good tour story from all the years? What are some what are some nights or or shows that stand out as being special for either a positive reason or a fun reason or a horrible, horrible reason. Um, you must have some memories. Well, there's a, there, I remember we were on that tour with Pantera, vulgar tour, and it was pretty intense. Like Rex's mom passed away. I just, I actually mm-hmm. just spoke to him yesterday. His mom passed away. It was like the blizzard of 93, like shows mm-hmm. got canceled and re moved around. We all got snowed in together in Philly. And like, we finally got to the last show. It was in Hera arena. And then they, we came out on the stage. I'm like, why is there all this plastic on the stage? We're in big trouble. And they just came out throwing meat and just, it was just nuts. (laughs) And then (laughs) like Phil wound up, he came out to sing war pigs with us and like a Madonna mask. And like Vinny, like <laughs> Dave, our drummer with flower and you, and you can't even hold your sticks and Phil wound up playing drums with us. And then we came out when they were playing, like I would always sing rise with them. The first night they were playing rise. It's like my favorite song on my favorite record by them. Right. And Phil was having a hard time with it. And I said, Hey man, I'll sing that with you. He goes, please do. <laughs> so every <laughs> night I would go out and sing rise. So I came out to sing Rise. He's like, don't fuck with me, Phil. And I had like, you know, I had on the bald wig, which is pretty typical. Everybody does that. And everybody came out. And we, everybody was dressed up as Phil. And we were jumping all around the crowd. And we did a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, they were playing um, uh, This Love. And we got all these bubbles and put them behind the fan. So it looked, it's hard to be hard when bubbles are coming out over. It feels <laughs> like the Lawrence Welk show. And then. Yeah, we did some other stuff to them. And at the end, Cowboys from Hell, we dressed Wiley up in like a devil mask with like a stick pony and boxers and cowboy boots <laughs> and a pitchfork. And he was running all over the he was running all over the um all over the stage. There's a video of it. It's pretty funny. It's their show Hera Arena. I just saw That's the video. Awesome. That was fun. And Danzig, like touring with Danzig was super fun. We were playing in Cincinnati and it's very conservative there. And Jenna tortures were on the uh, bill too. And yeah. Glenn comes into our room and he goes, Hey, it's the stoners from Arizona. He goes, you guys break out your bongs. There'll be a love fest. You can play as long as you want because uh, 
because um, they're not playing tonight. And I was like, can we bust out the inflatable bongs for the sides of the stage? <laughs> He's like, you got that? I'm like, no, I don't got that. But you hear a lot of stories about him, and he was really super nice. He was incredibly nice to us, treated us really well. He gave me like this Danzig dagger. He goes, come here, man. I got something for you on the bus. And he gave me this dagger from How the Gods Kill. Oh, wow. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I got this for you. And he gave me the dagger. And then when we were walking off the bus, there were a bunch of girls up front. And he goes, you want to take a couple with you? <laughs> and I just thought, I'm like, nah, man, I'm cool. But that's very kind of like. Like he's just going to offer me some chicks that are hanging out on the front of the bus. I just thought that was super funny. But uh, turns, I said, why did you take us on tour? He goes, You're, my girlfriend's a big fan. I'm like, what? Who's your girlfriend? He's like, Tanya. I go, from Holland? He said, yeah. I go, no way. I know she, I know she loves our band. She kept saying, take Sacred Rite. So God bless you, Tanya, from Holland. That's great. Uh, it's yeah. funny. He actually, he just ate at um, my rest. The same, he ate at Beauty and Essex in LA and I was out of town. So I missed him as well. Um, but then uh, he insisted on um, sent me this huge box of merch, um, misfit stuff and and Danzig stuff, and so very nice gesture. So yeah, you you're yeah, right. Yeah. You do, you do hear a lot of things about him that are not necessarily positive, but oh, seems yeah, like a very man. nice guy to me. I had a friend that was touring with White Zombie, and they tour they opened with they opened for Danzig a long time ago. And he goes, look, when when Glenn shows up, don't look at him. And don't talk to him until he talks to you. We're like, okay. So the first day, Glenn shows up. He's like, hey, we're all got our heads down. Or we're like, oh, we're just trying to ignore him. And we gave Erie a sacred Reich bong. We had these sacred Reich bongs. And he's like, hey, man, be cool with that around Glenn. He really doesn't like it. And, uh, oh, the coolest thing that happened on that tour was I would go down in front every night in the barricade and watch him because I love Danzig. And one night I went, Glenn, would you play Tired of Being Alive? It's my favorite song. And he came up on stage, he goes, this one's for Phil from Sacred Rock. You know, like in the kind of like Elvis kind of voice he does. He goes, this one's for Phil from Sacred Rock. It's called Tired of Being Alive. And they played it. And when he came to the chorus, he kneeled down and fucking put the mic down so we could both sing, dude. I was so excited. Yeah, it was really nice. Those moments are just, uh, just magical. Just magical moments. Yeah, just getting that. Look, man, when we were on that Pantera tour, you know, like they were still getting as big, you know, they, they weren't where they were going to be right. Size wise. So it was still, we're playing theaters, but it was like, you know, dime was like everything you would think about a rock star in the good way. That's how he was just super fun and goofy. And just, just, I, I came out of the gig one day and he's in the back, he's in some dude's Camaro, like doing donuts in the back behind the gig. And he's signing <laughs> the guy's car and, you know, he just was so fucking fun. You know, he he just had so much energy and so much spirit. It was it was really great to be around. I was really close with Phil and Rex. I mostly hung out with those guys. Um, but it was just wonderful to be able to see a band like that. Like, they're just so fun, man. And it was just us and them. So it was a cool hang. Nice. Very nice. As we head towards the end. Uh, cause we want to let you, we need to let you go. Um, <clears throat> you know, you've got this tour coming up with Sepultura that looks like it's going to be the coolest thing. You know, you said you had been, you were trying to record over the pandemic and it didn't really materialize, which, you know, yeah, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> um, what, um, is there anything else on the horizon you want to make sure we know about? 
I can't really say that there's much on the road. You know, we're just going to keep playing shows and keep writing some songs. Eventually we will go record and just try to keep busy and get out there and try to find some balance in our life between being on the road and being home. I have four kids, you know, I, I miss a lot of stuff early on. Um, mm. and I'm not interested in missing a lot of stuff anymore. I, you know, the, the thing is, I remember I went and saw Power Trip, you know, play here locally. And they gave me the feeling of like when I saw Slayer early on and also how we all felt about stuff that early on, like, you know, we were like 16, 17, 18, 19. It felt like a gang. It felt like us against the world, you know, just to go out there and do our thing and spread what we had to say. And it was the I describe it as when it was the most important thing in the world. And it used to be the most important thing in the world. And then you get older, you have family, you have kids, and you kind of give it a little perspective. It's, and it's hard to find balance because there's still a lot of work to do. But it's the goal is to find the balance and bring the family out and show the kids what it's like and have them participate in it because it's part of their lives. So yeah. I, think it's, I think it's just that. I, am, you know, I was thinking today, I'm like, I don't know how you do it, Chris. I mean, how many restaurants do you have right now? Well, my company has, you know, 70 something now, um, you know, but I'm in charge of, you know, one particular kind of section of the sector of the, of the, of the company, but it keeps me busy because it's across three cities about to be four and then possibly London right behind that. And then, uh, you know, I've got, a, I got, a, I've got the record label and I do the podcast. Who does that, Chris? Who does that? Running all those restaurants is enough. I mean, that will break someone. It's enough. And then you're like, yeah, yeah let me do this record label thing. What? That's yeah. like the worst job in the world. <laughs> Other than being a promoter. I'm like, do you, do you sit there with the lashes and at, at the end of the night? You're like, you're just giving yourself. I don't know what, why you're trying to punish yourself so much. It's been it's, the last couple of years have been tough. I've put a little too much in the basket, but um, I'm digging my way out slow, but sure. Um, you know, I've got a great assistant. I've got, you know, I've got Matt, you know, before, before Matt, I, I, I was kind of lost with the, with the label. Um, so he's really does a lot of good stuff for me. And I, I mean, I do have a lot of, I, I do have a lot of help, so I'm able to keep my head above water, but you know, yeah, there's a lot. Um, I'm going to try to start consolidating some things in the next year or two and make it a little easier on myself. So. I think we see what I mean, you're about to get married. The best gift you could give to yourself is a gift of a little bit of time, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can, you can see the impact the stress has had on his hairline. Oh, fuck you. Well, I just, I just, you know, I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, yeah, I, uh, it's nice. I, nice. It's a good time to be bald. I the reflection mean, hurts it, my eyes. Look, it's a good time to be bald. <laughs> You could thank Michael Jordan because before that it was just Yul Brenner and and Kojak. Well, Kojak, Kojak, Kojak's the OG at making it cool, though. I love yeah, the deep Kojak know. reference. Yes, that's it. It's just the two bald role models were Yul Brenner and Telly Savalas. Now there's a lot more. Telly Savalas would be a great name for a band, by the way. I think so. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna let you anyway, go. Thank um, you. I'm going to come see you on the road and then um, we're going to have dinner together. And then maybe later on in the year, if, if as you guys start maybe making a move towards a new record or something, we'll have you back on and talk about that. 
That sounds good. I want to, I really want to get you together with Phil to talk about boxing and stuff. I think yes. that would be what I, happen. I met him at the, I finally met him uh, the, at the very last Slayer show um, at the forum. And we talked about boxing and we took some photos where we were squaring off against each other and we had a lot of fun. Um, but we were going to follow up and have dinner, but then the whole world fell apart. And so, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think it's a connection that it's definitely got to happen. I would love it. Let's do it. It's fun to hang out with. Anyway, thank you so much, Phil. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Peace. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.